Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham, where Team Needham discusses everything healthcare. I'm your host, Sean Needham, along with my wonderful wife, Janet, and we are streaming live from the Moses Lake Professional Pharmacy Studio, and I am super excited to have Colby and Travis Fletcher on today. They are owners of Rooted Yoga in Spokane. They're going to tell us about yoga. They're going to tell us about the history of their studio and how they got involved in it. And we're going to learn about just general health and wellness like we always do at the Health Solutions Podcast. And you know, our goal as always, has been to educate and empower individuals to take charge of their own health. And so we want to show people all different ways where they can um, stay healthy. So without further ado, Travis and Colby, welcome to our show. Hello. Hi, thanks for having us. Absolutely. You're welcome. Thanks. Thanks for agreeing to be on. So why don't we just start with a little bit um, of what is yoga? I, mean, I know this, this is for my own good. Um, I mean, I've participated in some yoga stuff, but what are the different kinds of yoga and what, what is the importance of yoga? There, there are many different forms of yoga. There's karma yoga. There's the study of yoga. There's the physical practice of yoga, hatha yoga and many others we like to base off of the yoga sutras of patanjali there's a verse that talks about what yoga actually is and yoga is the ability to calm the mind and to perceive things correctly they're very simply put yoga first and foremost is more of a mind thing than a physical body thing well very physical. It's a very physical practice, but we're, we have this physical body that we need to take care of. And in order to um, get into those deeper layers of who we are truly, it starts on that physical level. And so a lot of what we see now um, is a lot of yoga studios that are practicing just the physical, you know, the physical portion of yoga. Um, and that's like a little tiny piece of what yoga truly is. It's a big self-study. Mm-hmm. So tell us how you guys originally got into yoga. Well, I got tricked into it, actually. I was in the military, <laughs> and I was always in a very physical um, practice, essentially, which might have been like HIIT training or running. or it just, it was just It was in the infantry. I was a medic assigned to the infantry, so it's very um, physical practice, and it, it's hard on your body. And so my friend said, hey, you should come work out with me. It was a hot yoga studio, and I fell in love with it because it it gave me the the feeling of a workout, but it also gave me this insane peace uh, in my mind that I, I hadn't felt before. And so we just kept practicing, and uh, the practice has evolved quite a bit. So I started about 13 years ago, 14 years ago, and Matt Colby introduced her to yoga. We practiced together quite a bit, which we think is really important for husband and wife, uh, us as a team, to do things together, to study together, to exercise together. So um, yoga was just one of those things that started as, for, for both of us, really, it, it brought us close together. And now we're able to share that with other people as well. Awesome. Janet, what do you have? What questions do you have about yoga? Well, I'm assuming if you're doing it together, you're also teaching it together. Is that the case? We teach together a lot, um, especially workshops, um, our outdoor 
community classes. We co-teach a lot, but we do a lot of one-on-one work. So that's individual, one teacher, one student typically. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. So in the last couple of years, the stress level of a lot of our clients has went off the charts. Are, are you seeing an increase in interest in your services? I would say yes, but you would hope that that's because we're doing things the right way and people are finding us. Um, I think that if people are practicing some type of relaxation or yoga, meditation, breath work, something in that realm, they've found that even though all the stressors of life has happened over the last two and a half years, they're more stable. So speaking of breath work, I've done some yoga just by watching videos um, and they didn't teach a lot of the breath work necessarily that I remember, although maybe it's because I wasn't paying attention or, you know, following direction. Um, So tell us how you incorporate that into the physical like poses of yoga. Because when I think of yoga, I think of warrior pose and Mm -hmm. down dog and things like that. So how do you incorporate breath work into poses like that? Well, it really depends on the person because everybody's going to need something a little bit different. There are certain breaths that can elevate the sympathetic nervous system or the parasympathetic nervous system. So it depends on where that individual is that we're practicing with. Obviously, if it's in a group, it's a little bit different. There are certain breaths you can do that help prepare your body for practice, a heated practice or a, a internal heating practice. So Really, it's just, it depends on the person and the time. Yeah, but we also take time in the beginning of a class to do just specifically breath work without any movement. So that sets the tone for what people can expect for the class if it's a group class, but also taking more time in the postures and cueing a specific breath through a posture, having them stay in a, in a posture for three minutes so that they are connecting to their breath. And then we do specific breath work at the end of the class too. So when you talk about breath work, is it um, breathing in, breathing out? You know, can you give us a little more detail? That's usually the way you right there, breathe in, breathe out. (laughs) So there's there's a plethora of different styles of um, breath work. We try to stay more traditional. So traditional yoga that has ancient, roots and science that's now been backing it up, but it's always just worked effectively. Um, So there's some breath holding, there's making your inhales longer than your exhales. That would be that stimulating, more vigorating. Um, There's very rapid breathing. One of them is called like breath of fire where you're exhaling rapidly. Um, It increases metabolism and blood flow and detoxification. And then if we're trying to slow things down, cool things off, calm people down, you want to lengthen the exhale. So there's all different things. Yeah, it really, it's a very simplest form. A breath in through the nose for five seconds, maybe six, breath out of the nose for that same evenly metered time. In for six, out for six. That's usually where we start. And then that's usually... Start to add in. Sorry, go ahead. Well, you know, uh, and that's, that's going to... Um, initiate a parasympathetic response. Is that correct? A slow breathing like that? Yeah. And just breathing in through the nose, out through the nose. Rarely people are even breathing correctly. Right. Yeah. And then go ahead, Travis. I interrupted you. Sorry. Oh, no, it's it's okay. You start. Um, 
I kind of got off track. <laughs> Truthfully, <laughs> so the it it the in and out. It is a parasympathetic response, but think about it more of as like a full cycle. So as you breathe in, you get all the oxygen you need, and there's a sense of like completion, like you feel good. It's so simple. The full breath out is the end of that cycle. And we as humans love cycles. We love completion. So a full breath in, slight pause maybe at the top, full breath out, slight pause. It We just build nice and slow, starting on the inhale, exhale. And your mind is following the breath, which is um, sometimes counting, um, sometimes, well, let me let me back up just a little bit. The mind follows the breath, which gets you out of your own head. I think that's probably the, the simplest way of putting it. Which is a form of concentration or meditation. So just getting people to focus on counting their own breath is a, is a way to, to clear their mind and keep them present. There's so much talk about people being present and mindful, but if you don't actually know how to do it and you don't actually have the tools to do that, you're just walking around with these cool words. Mm-hmm. Right. So tell us a story how, you know, one of your success stories about how, you know, you really made a dramatic improvement in somebody's health because of yoga. There's, there's been quite a few. It's pretty amazing to see where people come in on a one-on-one basis. And I have a gal who was coming in and she has all of the, the, creature comforts and luxuries that life, this blessed life can afford. But she was having anxiety. She was having issues sleeping. And they all just stemmed off each other and made it worse. So we worked with very simple technique called yoga nidra, uh, along with um, some cold water. And some grounding. Some grounding. And it was about 40 days worth of practice, consistent practice. But I saw a massive shift in her and not, not just me, but she saw a massive shift. Her husband, her family, friends, coworkers, her relationships had changed. Uh, no more. Well, she was weaning off of the anxiety medication. And like we talked about this before we came on, it's not really our realm or our place to tell people to get on medication or get off medication. So we just try to find like this gal here. I showed her, or helped her learn to to sleep better at different parts of the day where she could use a little bit more energy or, or where she's willing to, to let go. And even just like the middle of the day, small 10-minute session of deep, um, not, not quite deep sleep, but calming the mind. It, um, it resets. It shifted the, her nervous system back into a place of balance. Absolutely. Jen, do you have any comments or questions well, on that? That makes a lot of sense because a lot of times, I mean, like for me personally, when I'm stressed or anxious, I hold my breath. Mm-hmm. So I'm not breathing, <laughs> you know, and I've done that since I was a child. And so it's something that you've learned throughout your life. So it does take some focus mm-hmm. and having someone, you know, show you the steps that you need to, to get to that point. And it's pretty exciting to hear that, you know, you help somebody in their relationships. And a lot of times I think when I think of yoga, at least right now, I think of it's a physical part that you went to a gym and worked out. You know, I think like you mentioned in the beginning that the breathing part is is slightly missing in the package of, you know, um, 
maybe of what the intention of yoga was. So I'm I'm thinking ancestrally it was to actually be more meditation and mindful. Would that be correct? Absolutely. Meditation for sure. Meditation is the key word, at least in the lineage that we study, it's it's all about using all the different tools of yoga to access a deeper sense of connection to self, um, connection to source, whatever that is for you, whether that's God or your soul, um, and having purpose. That's what yoga is. And that's why Mm -hmm. the one-on-ones that we do are so, so powerful because we're really getting to know our clients and really learning about them. I think Travis had a client that um, she came to him because she was pregnant and she was dealing with just a lot of anxiety about going through um, childbirth. And she was very constricted and just felt super, super nervous. And he went through um, a personalized practice with her. And it was so cool because I think we were sitting at dinner and her husband had sent a picture of like brand new baby, like she had just given birth and she's sharing that with Travis. Mm. Yeah. Healthy, healthy little baby girl, healthy mom, healthy baby. Yeah. Well, if, if anyone follows us enough on social media, Jan and I are two pharmacists that don't believe in medication to treat most chronic disease Mm -hmm. and insomnia and anxiety are one of those. Now I'm not saying short term, maybe in some instances that, that it might not be necessary, that it might be necessary, but long term, Travis, like you were saying, you you can fix your sleep. You shouldn't. You should be sleeping well. And if you're not, there's some physical things you can do to do that. You don't lack a medication. So why not teach yourself to be able to relax, mm-hmm. decrease anxiety, and sleep? And yoga can be a, a piece of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It's a full spectrum practice mm-hmm. for us. So it's sleep, but it's also nutrition. It's also the appropriate time to wake up and use your brain, use your body, mm-hmm. uh, what you eat, what you listen to, all of it, all of it, your life, your lifestyle. We, you know, we talk, right. We talk about a lot. You should teach, you should uh, host our podcast, Travis, because you're preaching <laughs> the choir. We talk know, about it all the time. You're doing a good job on that. I, I'm a little nervous <laughs> on the podcast. Sleep, <laughs> sleep, nutrition, and exercise are really the three things that we can do to uh, make our bodies healthy. Mm-hmm. And Honestly, out of all three of those, um, sleep is the most important because we will die without sleep before we'll die without food. That's just a fact. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of us could live without food for up to three weeks. Might not be fun, but we could live without food for three weeks. Most of us can't live without sleep for more than about three days without literally going into psychosis. Um, And of course, exercise. Exercise does make us healthier. Movement makes us healthier, but we do not have to stay alive. We do not have to exercise to stay alive. So if you're going to prioritize those three things in any order, it would be sleep, nutrition, and exercise in that order. Um, Can I add so one thing not, to that? Yeah, please do. Oh, so the breath, if you don't breathe, right, within three <laughs> well, minutes, yeah. <laughs> yep, there you yeah. go. You're, you're really reaching for it. So proper breathing in all of those things while you're sleeping, yeah. exercising, yeah. it it really matters. It really helps. Uh, that's a really good one. Um, and when I think about it, what, what's what's the? Uh, I'm putting myself in the spot. What's the uh, the age old thing? You can live three seconds without blood, three minutes without breathing, and then you can live three days without sleep, 
and three weeks without food. So mm-hmm. um, you're right, Travis. I'm going to have to change our little uh, <laughs> saying there is that, you know, uh, breath, nutri- breath, sleep, nutrition, exercise. There we go. So thank you so much for that. Oh, you're welcome. So the different forms of yoga, um, I've heard hot yoga, power yoga. Let's let's talk about power yoga first. What does power yoga mean? Um, power yoga is a type of practice that in you're working your physical body pretty hard. You're moving almost um, continually, but there are some longer holds. One of the um, practitioners that I practiced under teachers, he coined a style called Baptiste, and that's just another form of power yoga. So you'll see a lot of downward facing dog and plank pose and the sun salutations and things like that. And then you'll see some fun stuff like arm balances and and things that are a little more challenging and dynamic. And what about, what about hot yoga? Well, hot yoga is generally done in a room, 105 degrees with Mm-hmm. level of humidity and it's generally the same series but it's grown in the last you know decade or so to where there's more than one type of hot yoga practice but um original hot yoga is from bikram yoga or the 26 and 2 you might have heard yeah and that like you could do power yoga in a hot room and make it hot yoga mm-hmm Okay, that 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 makes some sense. So 105 degrees is is what hot yoga is. And where does the does the heat come from? Is it is every studio different? Does the heat come from the floor? Does the heat come from the the HVAC? Where does the heat come from? Well, yeah, it depends. There was there were some pretty sketchy ways of heating back in the day. But I think we're getting a little bit better at it. There's some really good ones here in town. Infrared light is a, is a great way to do it. Uh, but it generally comes from a heater, just a humidifier and some heaters and then lots of movement lots of bodies the more bodies the hotter it gets in there so if somebody's going to be healthy um and 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 yoga they're going to they're going to start a a yoga program how many days a week should they do yoga well that's a great question and everybody's going to give you a different answer but what we will tell you is from my personal experience if i practice three days a week that's close. Four days a week, I feel good. Five days a week, I feel great. Anything less than that, like once a week is definitely not enough. But I would also say that you should be doing a style of yoga that's appropriate for your body, for your mind, for your level of fitness, for your age. You know, there's so, so many variables. And, you know, the whole stress thing coming back to people's lifestyles and people are overly stressed these days. Um, if you're telling someone that they need to practice hot yoga seven days a week and they're already stressed to the max, it's not a good fit for that person. Um, so practicing every single day, that could be a 10 minute practice for someone, but at least they're slowing down. They're thinking about their breath. They're quieting their mind. They're moving their body. So I think every day. Mm -hmm. So we, yeah. we we say different things. In our yeah, well, I mean, when when you were saying that, I'm I'm thinking, I mean, if if a major portion of yoga is breathing, then you should really do that part every day. And, every day. And, yeah. And I'm I'm gonna imagine that you should really try to concentrate even when you're not doing the yoga, 
you should probably, and I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you guys teach something like this. You should probably focus on your breathing all the time. Is that correct? Well, it's the good thing about it is that your body will take care of it. You don't have to think about it, but the better habits that you build, yeah. you're going to do it more efficiently, more effectively. I'm also guessing that this also comes down to what your goal is and what you're trying to achieve, right? A hundred percent. You know, if you if you are stressed out to the max and anxiety is the biggest issue that you're having, perhaps it, it's going to look different than whether it's, you know, for maybe someone who just wants to be a little bit more healthier overall and, and finding, you know, being more limber and being, you know, the core being um, uh, better. Because mm-hmm. I feel like um, Travis hit on, you know, sometimes when people work out really, really hard, um, we forget about the part that our body needs to actually learn how to relax too when we are doing movements and, and breathing and things like that. Because if you're always intense, then that isn't healthy either. So the goal really depends on what you want to achieve, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And the recovery piece too. If you're pushing, pushing, pushing and never giving yourself time to recover like with sleep, for, for example, or infrared sauna or cold baths or just a day off and um you're that you're pushing too far and you're not going to actually get the the desired effect or the goal like you're talking about uh one of our teachers great quote he talks about you want to be fit you want to be fancy you want to be flexible or you want to be free and so your goal it's going to change over time. Absolutely. A lot of people come into yoga as for physical practice, but over time, you're, hopefully your practice changes and hopefully your goals change. Yeah. Well, and speaking of recovery, I, I, and it's just a good reminder. And so thank you about that, Travis, that, you know, we, we don't get stronger when we are doing the work. We get stronger when we are recovering mm-hmm. and, you know, that's why sleep and rest is so important. Um, you know, especially as we get older and we need more recovery time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if there was, and I, I don't know, I'm putting you guys on the spot, but you guys are the yoga experts. So if there was like one or two poses that you could teach somebody to do or tell them that they should do, um, you know, regularly, is there, is that something that would be normal? Um, or does, cause do all yoga poses come from kind of like a, I guess where I'm going with this is I was told with yoga that like when you're down on all fours, all the movements should be able to come from, you should have to move a lot, your hands and feet. I might be, told, I might've been told wrong, well, you know, so like if you go from a cat cow to a downward dog, you, you know, you shouldn't move a lot. So is there some, is there something that you teach patients or clients to, um, to make that movement easier? Think about it, not necessarily as a yoga posture, Think about alignment of the spine. Primary focus of the anatomy is the spine. And the spine can flex. Usually goes well with an exhale forward. Inhale is an extension. Lateral flex and extend. Twist, inversions, and axial extension. Once you have all those categories, then you can start to put postures in, depending on the energetic effect of what you're trying to achieve that day. So okay, yeah. When you think about it from a spine standpoint, that makes total sense. Mm-hmm. So how I know that there's a good answer to this, but um, Pilates is 
is sometimes kind of thrown into the yoga thing now. And it's really different. So how would you put Pilates versus yoga? I have... I have not studied Pilates at all. Okay. <laughs> I've worked with people that have Pilates experience. And I think mm-hmm. breathing is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So I was just talking about uh, lifting, extending the spine, breathing in, or f- folding forward, breathing out. Um, Weightlifting is a little bit different in a sense. So when you're squatting, lower down, exhale. Let me see, it's an exhale to lift up. So I think rather than an inhale to lift up, like I was just talking about, it. Um, I think it switches those breath patterns just a little bit. And that's my limited experience on that topic. Like very oh, limited. That's very good. That makes a lot of sense. Yes. So as we wrap this podcast up, um, I got to ask both of you, what do you guys have a passion for? Life. <laughs> really. You know, this, for me, has been a, an amazing journey to spend with my wife, increasing our relationship, but also the the relationships that we form with, with other people. And it's not just in our own yoga studio, it's group classes, it's retreats, it's, um, it's just building good friendships. But yeah, you, I, I would say um, the relationships. I, I get an opportunity to work one-on-one with a lot of women and just building that camaraderie and that support is is super cool. It's it's amazing to see them like flourish and thrive and be happy in their lives. Like that's that's what true yoga is really about. I love it. I love it. So, if somebody wants to get a hold of you guys, you guys have a website. Is that one of the best places? Yep, website's perfect. You can reach out through um, through our website or Facebook, Instagram. We have all that too. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, I think I found you on Facebook. So what you guys are doing, keep doing it because uh, that's why I found you. And we are always looking to spread the word about people like yourself that are helping other people get healthy. So thank you for helping realize our goal today of educating and empowering individuals to take charge of their health. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having us. You're welcome. And listeners and viewers, tune in Thursday to our midweek podcast. We will have Dr. Mary Bowden on. Of course, she is made national news and she's a big um, doctor over... um, She's going to be talking about her latest lawsuit against the FDA and how they are violating our medical freedom. So there's two other doctors involved and they will be on. So do not miss out 8 to 9 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, our midweek podcast, Health Solutions with Sean and Janet Needham. Thank you for tuning in. 